All right. For the life groups on Tuesday night, if you do not attend one and you'd like to go to one, if you could see me, because um, we have some that are full and some that can take an extra uh, couple. So if you're interested in going to a life group, let me know and I will direct you to one. Uh, before I begin this morning, I want to take a moment and... Uh, as a community, we had something tragic happen in Abbotsford this week. And I want to take a moment and I want to pray for the families that were involved. Uh, I know one of the families um, I know attended Abbey, uh, South Abbey, and that young lady lost her life. And uh, that was tragic, and I do not want to belittle that at all. I want to hold that family up in prayer. I cannot imagine the agony and the torment or the sa sadness in that family. So I want to, as believers, we stand together. We may worship in one building and someone else worship in another building, but we're all brothers. We're all sisters. We are all family. So I want to take a moment and pray for that family. And then the, the second young lady, I believe, is in the hospital recovering. I'm not sure if they attend a church or not, but I want to pray for her as well and her family. So if you could join with me just before we begin, I want to just bring those families and our community for our Father. Uh, Heavenly Father, there's a lot of questions going on, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of emotion. And Lord, I just pray for these families this week that have experienced things that they would have never thought, things that they never planned for, things that are complete shocks. And Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just pour your love, that you would run to their side as the comforter, as Jesus describes you, and that you would stand beside them and support them. Lord, that the families that they surround, that are surrounding them, Lord, would hold them up in prayer. And Lord, I thank you for the life that you gave us through Christ. And so, Lord, I just pray for peace for those families. Lord, and for our community that we would not walk in fear, but that we would take territory and take ground for the king and, Lord, these situations and these instances would actually turn to strength and to increase in the kingdom of God, that we would actually stand strong and say, not in Abbotsford, not in our community, not here, and that we would stand and raise a standard of righteousness and holiness in our households and in our communities and in our schools and in our clubs and everywhere we go, that we would stand up for righteousness and that we would look at those things in the face and we would say with the boldness of the Holy Spirit that we would speak to them and declare declare your righteousness. So, Lord, we bring that before you, and we thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. In your name, amen. As we were praying, I, I have an ongoing conversation with, with Holy Spirit. And I know Pastor Nelson and Pastor Daniel, as they preach, they would say the same. I'm, I'm speaking to you, but at the same time, God's speaking to me. I can't explain it other than that's what happens. And as we were praying, I was reminded of, of a, a video clip or an audio clip that I was listening to this week from a pastor. And he, he was sharing about the moving of the Holy Spirit and how the disciples, the radical change that happened to the disciples when the Holy Spirit got poured out on them. And if you look in the scriptures, you find out that they went from one description to another description. And Peter and John, for instance, they went to the gate beautiful and they, they spoke to the, mind, the man that was lame and he was healed. And they were brought before the rulers and those guys said, these guys are Peter and John. They're fishermen. This is not their gig they, they, they catch fish. They don't heal people. And they said, but they must have been with Jesus. 
So I want you to think of something. There's something that happens to you. And this will tie into my sermon. Don't worry. I'm not taking up time and and then saying, give me more time. This will tie into the sermon. But there's something that happens to you when you get around Jesus. You got to grab that. Because sometimes we expect Jesus to do something. But actually what happens is we just need sometimes to get up around him. We need to get close to him. We need to get near him. And there's something that happens when you get around Jesus and you say, it's not my life, but I will follow you and I will learn from you. And when you do that, something happens. And the Holy Ghost came upon them and it changed them from the disciples to an apostle and it changed them. And so the people around them recognized something was different. And then not only that, but they got boldness. They got boldness. So if you say to me, you're timid, welcome to the club. So am I. But there's something that happens when Holy Spirit comes upon you and works in you that you get a boldness. And the disciples, Peter and John, they were in prison. And instead of shrieking, and I found this amazing as the the preacher was sharing, he says, what would you do if you were in prison? My first reaction was, God, get me out of here. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't like prison. I don't like the sound of it. You know what the disciples did or the apostles did? They said, God, give us greater boldness. What are you prepared to do in those moments when you think the world's caving in on you? People have closed you in. People have set you in. People have put you in prison. People have done. Are you prepared to stand up and say, no, I am a child of God. God, give me boldness so that I can speak and declare your word with boldness. I'm not going to cower to the fear and those things around me, but I'm going to stand with boldness and I'll declare your word and I'm going to walk in strength. That's what happens when you get touched by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So this morning, I want to continue our conversations with Jesus. Last week, I talked about Jesus and how he introduced the person of Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And that was from John 14, 15, and 16. And he gave them, he said, he's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to be your comforter. And I, I brought Jared up who was such a great example. And I I just walked around with Jared for a couple minutes and he just stuck with me. That's what the Holy Spirit will do with you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't take a coffee break. He doesn't check in. They don't have a time clock on the wall that says, here's here's the time card and here's David's Holy Spirit which is kind of weird, but that's not how it is. But, you know, you can imagine how they check in and say, okay, I'm checking in. It's 9 o'clock, time to start. It's the Holy Ghost Union, and that starts from 9, and it goes to 5. Click, click. David's taken care of. That's not how Holy Spirit works. He's with you 24-7. He's with you every moment of the day. Today, he's actually with you 25 hours. I mean, I was ready to go hours ago. Some of you caught that. Some of you didn't. And he introduced them to the Holy Spirit. And he says, I want you guys to know that he's going to come. And in fact, and this is amazing, here is God. God in the flesh. Looking at his disciples and says, you know what? It's to your advantage that I go. How can it be to your advantage that God in the flesh says, I've got to go? Because he always will give you something better. He'll always give you something better. Even if it's a decrease, it's for your good and it's for better. And he says, it's it's to your advantage that I go. And so he, he sets them up and he teaches them. And last week we saw the person of Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. As I look out this morning, and I don't know things, I'm not telling you information that I know, but I know 
just from life that there's some of you here, if not all of you here, that could say, you know what, I could use some extra help in this area. I could use extra help in going to sleep at night because things keep me awake. I lay my head on the pillow, and then I think about how much time is left in the month. I think about, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow? I think about, oh, did I do this right? Did I set this up? Things race through me. If you're like me, sometimes I put my head on the pillow, and I start right away thinking, I've got to get up in five hours, or I've got to get up. And you stay awake thinking about when you've got to get up. There's some of you here this morning that if you stood up in this crowd, you'd say, I'm lonely. And yet there's people all around you. Because sometimes the feeling of loneliness isn't, isn't taken care of by the people around you. It's taken care of by Holy Spirit. There's some of you that are aching for your relationships, marriages, family, your relationships with your parents, relationships with your children. And so if we were to actually sit here, and I was considering it, and we're not going to do it, but I was considering passing a piece of paper to everybody here this morning. And then I was going to ask you to write something, not your name, not give me your name, but if you were to write something that you'd say, you know what, I, I just... This is stressing me out. This is freaking me out. This is causing me grief. This is causing me to lose my sleep. This is causing me to this or that. If, if I was to pass out a piece of paper, I believe that every one of you would be able to write something down that you would say, I could use some help. And this morning, I want to show you and I want to introduce you to the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's a couple aspects of the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the aspects, and we're not going to get to it this week, and I'm not sure how much I'll get into it, but one of the aspects of the power of the Holy Spirit is the power of speaking in tongues, speaking with another language. And we often have Sister Patty who will come up during worship, and God gives her a flow, and she speaks in tongues. And then God gives her an interpretation. And when that happens, that's to edify or to build up the body. So when God moves, sometimes he'll move through Patty. This morning, my son Josh and Olivia had a song from God. We refer to it as a song of the Lord. That's Christianese. But she had a song from God. And he had a song from God. And those songs... Sometimes they birth inside of you, but they're sent out for the good of the body. And that's a, another expression of how the Holy Spirit works. And there's power in those expressions. Now, I've grown up with the thought of power of the Holy Spirit. And, and the, the actual word for power that we're going to look at is dunamis. And you will hear preachers quite often talk about dynamite. Because that's where the word dynamite comes from. But today, I want to take a little bit different look at the word power in the fact that it's actually a special ability. I want to look at how the Holy Spirit can affect you every single day of your life because sometimes we think of dynamite and we think there's got to be fire coming out of the tips of my fingers and this, this has got to happen. And, and if I stand here and I just go like this, somebody's going to fall down. And that does happen, but I want to talk about it just in a practical sense that there's a power of the Holy Spirit that you can take with you when you go to the job site that you're not going to blow people away and they're going to fall under the power power of God, but you're going to blow them away with the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, living in an evidence way that they look at and they go, man, there's something with that guy. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to take a little bit of a different approach, and we could talk about the power. If you go to Acts chapter 2 and 3 and 4, and you see what happened to the early church when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, do you know what the people thought they were? They thought they were drunk. 
So there's an aspect of the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life when you get filled with the Holy Spirit that you actually resemble somebody that would stagger around and act and behave like a drunk. They listened to them. These guys were blabbering in languages that they didn't understand. Some people did because it says they were speaking in the languages of the people in that area. And people had come from all different areas of the world and they'd come to Jerusalem and they started to speak and they were speaking in those languages declaring the works of God to those people. I've actually heard of somebody who didn't know Spanish who all of a sudden picked up Spanish and became an interpreter without any training. I was talking to a pastor, and he says, this lady just came to me. She says, God told me to go to a Spanish-speaking nation. She went, and all of a sudden, she just started to speak and to interpret for people who were speaking Spanish. There's something that happens when the power of God comes upon you, but I'm not talking about that today. I want to give you about seven or eight things that happen when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. If you turn in your Bibles, I want to show you a couple verses. I've got a lot of verses, and I'm not sure how many of them I'm going to get to. But if you turn in your Bibles, I want to read you two verses. And these are conversations that Jesus had. This is kind of the background or this is the foundation of where we're starting today. So if you go in your Bibles to Luke 24, and this is a conversation Jesus has with his disciples. And it's one of the last ones in the book of Luke. It's right near the end of the book. It's Luke 24, which is the last chapter. And, and it's verse 49. And he's talking to them. And he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And that actually means until you're clothed with power. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can actually expect to be putting on his strength, his power, his might, who he is, it's like putting on a cloak or putting on a jacket. In fact, one of the aspects, you could almost picture a, a piece of article of clothing just settling on you. The Jewish tradition, they had these prayer shawls and they, they would drape them over themselves if you've ever seen some of the traditional Jewish services, they have this prayer shawl. And they would put that over them, and it is a very significant meaning to them. And that's part of the picture, that it just covers you. The Holy Spirit, he wants to cover you. He wants to cover you. He wants to cover your bareness. He wants to clothe you. So that's part of the conversation. And if you flip to a couple other chapters uh, down, we'll go to Acts chapter 1. In verse 8, and this is... The same writer who wrote Luke wrote Acts. And this is almost like a carrying on. Have you ever watched a TV show that you get to the end and then it says, to be continued? I mean, I hate it. That's why I like Netflix, so you can binge watch and you don't have to worry about to be continued. You can just push play next. But you get to to be continued. And then next Tuesday night, or not Tuesday night, because that's life group, and not Wednesday. So next Thursday night comes along. So whatever your favorite show is, you can only watch it on Thursday night because we got other stuff happening. So you get to Thursday night and you push play, and it will do kind of like, here's a recap of what happened last week. Have you ever noticed that? And they'll take a minute or two and they'll give you some flash videos of some, and then it brings you up to speed. Well, that's kind of like the first few verses in Acts chapter 1. And he gets to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And he's using the same conversation that he had back in Luke. And he says, but you will receive power. This morning, I want you to see with your eyes of faith 
And I want to enlighten your eyes and open your eyes to see an aspect of the power of God that maybe you haven't thought of before. Because sometimes we put the power of God as if it's like, just like, did you catch the power of God there? It's like, and it's like, oh, I can, but I want to make the power of God so practical to your life that you can expect it and live it every day. Because I need the power of God every day. And I don't necessarily need, sometimes I just need it in here, the ability, the might, the strength. What's interesting, actually, if you read Acts chapter 1, it says that Luke writes this book to a gentleman named Theophilus. Do you know what that name means? It means lover of God. And some people aren't sure if he actually wrote it to a gentleman named Theophilus or if he wrote it to people who are lovers of God. So if you can imagine, we're here as lovers of God, and Luke is writing this, and they say Acts is the only book that isn't finished. If you, you study some of the commentaries, they say it goes on and, and it continues, and they call it the Acts of the Apostles, but it's probably better to say it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. If you want to get some radical thinking into your mind, you've read and we've done conversations with Jesus, take a look at the book of Acts, and read about the acts of the Holy Spirit in the life of the early church. Because it's what's, what I kind of like about it is Jesus, sometimes we look at Jesus and we might say, yeah, well, he's God. Well, Peter and Paul were just like you and me. And if you read the book of Acts, you'll see guys that have been blind. You'll see guys that are lame. There's, there's Paul, and I'm not going to do this this morning, but Paul preached one day so long the guy actually fell asleep in the window and fell down and died. I mean, what a way to preach. I mean, that was a killer sermon. And, and, uh, and then he actually went down and he raised that child up from the dead. Thank God he did that. But I'm not going to go there. We'll get out in a certain amount of time. But if you want to really stretch yourself and put an expectation of the supernatural and the power of God in your life, read the book of Acts and say, God, make this alive to me. There's dreams in the book of Acts. There's one night these guys are in prison and an angel comes. Can you imagine being in prison? I can't imagine sleeping in prison. They were sleeping in prison. They're supposed to be like, this is not good, you're going to die type of prison. They're asleep in prison. The angel has to actually shake them to wake them. Can you be so comfortable with God that even if you're in prison, you're sleeping saying, I know I'm just doing, and, and actually God says, no, 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 I want you awake. And he sends an angel and he wakes them up and he breaks open their chains. And then they go to a, to a person's prayer meeting and they knock on the door and the guy says, oh yeah, that looks like it was Peter's ghost. No, it was actually Peter. Read the book of Acts. If you want to get some pictures of the Holy Ghost and some radical things happening, you read that book and you say, you know what? This book is still for me today. Can you imagine a building like this? And there's almost 125 of us here. And there's 120 people and they were there for 10 days minimum. Some people say up to 50 days, depending on when Christ left. But he taught them about the Holy Spirit and the kingdom for 40 days. And then when he left, he said, stay in Jerusalem. Stay there till you're clothed with power from on high. And that's about a 10-day period. And so for 10 days, they met in that upper room, 125 of them. And then it says, the sound like a mighty rushing wind. What would you do if all of a sudden... A rushing wind came through this building. Like they're in a room like this. They're, they're in a facility, in a building, and all of a sudden, and then the wind comes and it blows and it's like a mighty rushing wind. And one person said it was like a hurricane. And it, it, I mean, it wasn't just like, it wasn't just like, it was like, whoosh. I mean, you might have to hold on to your, 
hair piece. You might have to hold on. I mean, I don't have the hair piece and I don't got much left, so it's not a problem to me. But it was so strong that it was described as a mighty rushing wind. And then it left, and I don't know how this happens, but the mighty rushing wind left little tongues of fire on top of people's heads. Usually the wind blows it out, but not when it's God's wind. It will actually fan those flames. And there was evidence they could see tongues of fire. My. But I'm not talking about that this morning. But just read the book of Acts with an open mind. With eyes and say, Lord, open my eyes to see what you can do and what you're doing. And, and look at it. And, and sometimes I read a book and I read it from a certain perspective. And so I would read it and I would have a per- certain perspective where I might say, I want to see the power of the Holy Spirit. And another time I might write, read it and I, I want to say, I want to see what the people responded. Another time I might want to read it and say, I want to understand and look at the miracles. So as you read it, try to look at it from a certain focus. So what is the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, it is might. But it's also a special ability. And I want to look at that this morning. A special ability. I have ability. I can do things. But the moment I get into a vehicle and I turn the key and the motor starts and I step on the gas, I've now taken something and I'm now getting the benefit of a greater ability. Because it's doing what I could not. So that's what I want to talk about this morning is there are things, you have reached your limit and I'm here to tell you that God will give you more to reach more. I'm here to tell, have, have, have you ever said, <laughs> I can't take this anymore? I'm probably fairly accurate to say every one of us has said that at one point especially parents. I'm here to tell you when you're at that point, the Holy Spirit, His power can come. And what you think you can't do, He can do. And because He can, so can you. So that's the kind of Holy Spirit power I want to talk about this morning. And I've got a bunch of notes. First thing I want you to see is Jesus modeled it. It was active in Jesus' life. So if you want to see how the power of the Holy Spirit worked, you read his life. And we've talked about this already, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this point. But I want you to understand it. When the Holy Spirit comes, he, he comes and he actually testifies of Jesus. And Jesus testifies of the Father. So there's a consistency in what he does in that he doesn't speak on his own. And so we can see the life of Jesus. And Jesus, it was said that when he spoke, they said, you speak with authority and with power. And one of those words, power, is the word dunamis. It wasn't the lightning bolt so much as it was the lightning bolts of the words he spoke. So Jesus modeled it. Power of the Holy Spirit. It was active in Jesus' life. Next thing I want you to see, number two. See, I'm doing really fast. I'm on number two already. It comes from God. The Holy Spirit power comes from God. Jesus, last week, we saw it in John 14, 15, and 16. He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to pray the Father that he'll send you Holy Spirit. And that's to your advantage that I go. And then later on, he continues that conversation and he goes, I'm going to send you Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are not in competition with each other. They are in perfect union and unity. And the Holy Spirit, actually, it tells his work is to reveal the things of Jesus. 
So when we worship and we sit here and we speak the Holy Spirit, he will show you things about what Jesus did and the power of Jesus and how Jesus overcame things. And because of that, the Holy Spirit is always pointing to him, pulling things from his life, pulling things from what Jesus did. And Jesus said, I came because I'm only going to do what the Father says. And it's just beautiful. They're not in competition. They're in union. It comes from above. And we read that in Luke 24. He says, when I send the promise of the Father upon you, and you'll be endued with power from on high. So if you need a touch from God, don't look this way. Look this way. Now, I understand the power and, and, of a man of God and a prophet and apostle and healing. I understand that. But when you come to them, what you're doing is you're coming through for the deposit of God that is in their life. If you're going just to get something from them, you're missing it. But if you're going to get something that they have from God, and a true prophet of God will always say he'll give what God has given them. Because it's not about the vessel. It's about the one who fills it. comes from God. This one here, I want to take a moment or two. Number three, Holy Spirit power, your life is marked by it. Your life is marked by it. People will recognize and see the power of Holy Spirit in your life, and your life will actually be marked by it. Jesus' life was marked by it. They said, who is this guy? Because he says these things, and he's got power. They recognized it. And just like they can recognize it with Jesus, they can also recognize it in you. In 1 Corinthians 4.20, if you want to write down a verse, 1 Corinthians 4.20, it talks about the kingdom of God. And it says the kingdom of God isn't in word, but it's in power. And Paul is writing about coming there, and there's some people that are talking about him. And he says, and this is pretty bold, he kind of just says, you know what, I'm coming to you guys, and when I'm there, we're going to have a little showdown. He says, and we're going to see if what they say matches their power. And he kind of puts it out there, and he says, and, and we're going to find out if what I say has power. Can you imagine walking around thinking, I'm going to show you the power of God? I, I'm not sure we do that enough. As Dr. Brown says we need to get a cocky anointing. Sometimes we, I don't know if it's Elijah or Elisha, but he says, you know what? Bring the prophets of Baal on this mountain, and we're going to have a showdown. We're going to have a duel, and we're going to see whose God is the God of power. <laughs> God, help me. I hope he doesn't ask me to do that because that freaks me out. Can you imagine saying something to your boss and saying, that way doesn't work, but I know a way that will work. Are you prepared to step out on that limb? Because they've tried all these different methods and styles in the company and it never worked. And here you go and the, and the company is like, we need something, we need something. Would you be prepared to say, give me a night and tomorrow morning I'm going to come here and I'm going to show you the way. Because that happened in the Bible. Daniel. The king has a dream and he doesn't remember the dream and he says, I want you guys to tell me the dream. They don't have a clue. Daniel says, I'll tell you. Talk about the power of God. I think sometimes we've classified the power of God. I preached a sermon here once and I had a chainsaw. Does anybody ever remember that sermon? I mean, I dressed like a lumberjack and I tried to show you the power of the chainsaw. And sometimes we live in that mindset. But I want to show you that the power of the Holy Spirit is as practical as it can get. If you have an issue, if you need an answer, guess what? Power of the Holy Spirit is there to help you get that answer. I want you to walk in a power that is like wearing clothes. 
I'm not as, I, I believe in the supernatural and I live it and I declare it and I want more of it. And I believe when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, that supernatural will just happen naturally. But there's an aspect of just the practicality of the power of the Holy Spirit that we just don't live. I know because you poke me, I bleed. I know. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Power of the Holy Spirit is your life is marked by it. Can you imagine people coming up to you and just saying there's something different about you? Because I get knocked down and I have to run and drown my sorrows and I got to do this and I got to do that and this is how I cope and this is my mechanism and you have the same problem and you just show up the next day all smiles. What's your problem? And and they'll actually say what's your problem when they actually say can you give me what your problem is because I need some of that problem in my life. I drown my sorrows. I wake up the next morning hungover. Is that good? I do this and, and I try to fix all these things, and I come the next day, and you just sit there, and we're going through the same thing, but you just say, how you doing? We're going to make this. How can you do that? Can we get away from the power of, whew, to this, the power of, this is what God showed me. Practical daily living. Are you receiving this morning? 10 after. It births things inside you. I I think we should set the clock back again. (laughs) Number four, power of the Holy Spirit will birth things inside of you. It will bring dead things to life. Dead thing. There are some of you here that have had dreams, and everybody you've talked to said you can't do it. You can't do it. You're not qualified. You're not smart. You haven't been trained. You don't have this. You don't have this. And God speaks, and the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and that dream just stays alive, and it comes alive. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask Him, Lord, what are you birthing inside of me? The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and she became pregnant with child. The Holy Spirit can come upon you and there's something that happens inside of you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It says it births things inside of you. You have power resident inside of you. In fact, one of the parables of the talents And he says they gave five talents and two talents and one talents according to their ability. And that word ability meant actually their power, their dunamis. You have ability and power resident inside of you that God has gifted you with and put inside of you. And I believe it was put inside of you in the womb. And I'm not talking personality. I'm talking about a gift that God has in your life. And that gift is for the betterment of all of us. The gift that God has given me, my sense of humor, is for the betterment of all of you. No matter how sad it is. Apparently it's sad funny. I don't understand what that means. But I don't care. It's for the betterment of you. So you better start to like it because it's going to keep coming. Number five. It brings dead things to life. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what you can expect in your life when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you from on high, that it will bring dead things to life. I've already talked a bit about that. But it says, God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up by his own power. And it says we have, he says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. And what he's saying is make it alive. Who here has a dream that people have squashed? Lucas, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. I'm speaking to you right now. It's not dead. 
You take that dream, you write it, you put it on a wall, you look at it, you declare it, you speak it. You start living in that dream and you will see that dream come alive in your life. Don't accept everybody else telling you you're not good enough, this, that, and making all excuses. The only excuse you need is Holy Spirit. And you need to do your part, which is living in His power, writing it out, putting it in front of you, declaring it, and you're going to see your dream come alive. Number six, I'm doing pretty good. Number six, it's evident to those around you. A life of power is evident. You cannot deny the power of God in your life. So quit trying to clothe him and hung and put him away and put him in the corner. Why not just let him be? Because people recognize it. And I'm not talking about some weird thing. I'm talking about you just being good and really good at what you're at. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is really practical. And he's not going to make you weird. He's going to make you like stand out good. Stephen, Acts 6, was full of faith and power. Did great wonders and miracles among the people. It was evident he didn't run around saying, I'm filled of the Holy Ghost. He just did it. He just did what the Holy Spirit put on him and clothed them with. You need to start walking around with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you just start doing what he puts on your heart, and you're going to see miracles happen, not because you're saying, I'm a miracle waiting to happen, but because the Holy Spirit's upon you. And he starts to move in you, and all of a sudden things happen. I'm expecting miracles. I expect when I shake someone's hand, that they get a touch from God. I expect if you call me when you're not feeling well, I actually look at the clock and I expect to hear a report that you prayed for me and at 12.15, I got better. So this morning, Harry, your wife, that's why I prayed and I said, Lord, even let her look at her clock right now. I'm expecting Danelda to come to you. You get home and she's going to go, something weird happened. I'm better. Is that not the power of the Holy Ghost? I'm not talking something spooky. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. We need to start living and expecting this in our life. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, this is part of what happens to you. I expect you shake my hand. You better watch out. Come on. I believe it. Do you believe it? Can you imagine what crazy things will happen when you lay your hands on things at work? Come on. Come on. You're preaching something weird, crazy out there. Yeah, I am. I read the book of Acts. It's really weird. Peter's shadow. People got healed just by him walking by. I'm going to do that with my bike. Paul's cloth. Can you? We ridicule it and make fun of it. But can you imagine if somebody came here and we gave them a piece of cloth and they went and it's like, and it said demons left from an article of clothing. I am a candidate. I want it. I don't want just church two hours Sunday morning and see you later. I want church two hours and next week we got more people coming in here because something happened and I got around somebody. That's why yesterday I said invite somebody. I actually invited people to come today. I'm not freaked out and I'm afraid of what they're going to experience here. They need what we have. Children, young people, adults, they're running around. They're drowning their sorrows. They're chasing one high after another. They're looking for fulfillment in sex and other things. And we have the one who fulfills. And what am I doing? I'm standing there and I'm afraid to text somebody to invite them to church. Get with it, David. 
Okay, I'll get off of that. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. My jokes get better. Everything improves. You heard my voice, but it was Holy Spirit, John. Number seven. The Holy Spirit helps you abound in life. When you have the power of the Holy Spirit on you, it actually makes you abound in life. I'm going to go over time. Are you with me? I'm going to go over time because I believe God wants to touch you this morning. I'm not going to go an hour. I might go about another 10 minutes if that's okay. Romans 15, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You can be the most hopeful person on the job site. And if you want to use another word for hopeful, optimistic. You want to use another word, people will call you crazy. You want another word, you might be the most ridiculous. He expects things that nobody else expects. Why? Because I abound in hope. I abound in an expectation of favor. That's what the word hope means, a favorable expectation. That's how I live. So you get around me, I want to eliminate the negative talk that comes out of here, and I want to speak the positive. It says decree a thing and it shall happen. And you know what? We decree things all the time and it happens and then we get upset because it's a bad thing. But we spoke it. I'm going to have a terrible day today. You're right. Why not wake up? And I heard one gentleman say, prophesy to your day. Why not wake up and say, I'm going to have a good day today. And then when you get a flat tire, say, I'm going to have a good day today. And you say, well, that's not... No, I'm not talking about being a hypocrite. I'm talking about speaking faith and speaking hope and speaking to say people. Yeah, you know what? I get a flat tire. I've had them. But I serve a God who's greater than some air in a tire. Power abounds. The Holy Spirit power helps you abound in life. The Holy Spirit power is a keeping power. God's power is a power that keeps you. So when you rest and you put on the power and you let it ride at like a coat and a vessel on you, it keeps you. It keeps you better than you keep yourself. I find it amazing because when things go well, I decide, God, I'm doing it good. Things are going well. Thanks. I'll take care of it from here. And he says, no. Sometimes our successes can be our greatest failures. When you get a success in God, when you see something happen in God, when you see a miracle happen, don't say, I've got it from here, but say, I need more of you. Don't stand there and say, God, I've got it. But say, God, I need you. It says in 1 Peter 1 verse 5, it says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in this last time. God keeps you through the power of God, through the power of the Holy Ghost. It says in 2 Peter, it says, According to as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's given us all things. He keeps us. He does a better job than the bank. And I'm all for banks. But if you, trust, you put your trust in a banking institution instead of putting it in him, he's going to keep you, but you're going to be worrying and worrying and worrying. Put your trust in him. Last point, and then I'm going to close. That's not too bad. Holy Spirit is very practical. I love this because there is a need, and the Holy Spirit took care of it. Somebody needed healing. I don't know about you, but the most practical thing that can happen to somebody who's sick is for him to get better. 
not for him to have chicken soup and stay with it for another two or three or four days. But the best thing that can happen to somebody who is not walking straight, who's got a limp, is for that limp to be taken care of by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not to give him a set of crutches that he continually walks with. Sometimes we have walked with limps because we haven't done what the power of the Holy Spirit is there for us. Now I know sometimes there are scars that we have. I understand that. But go for what he has because the Holy Spirit is very practical. Jesus says he'll guide you into all truth. I don't think that's just biblical truth. I'll be honest with you. If you study the Jewish culture, you'll find out even today some of the brightest minds on the planet are Jewish of Jewish descent. I, I just... I think God just sits up in heaven sometimes and just laughs. The power of the Holy Spirit, it can be a whew, but sometimes it just needs to be this. Sometimes it just needs to be walked out. Sometimes it just needs to be used with my hands. Sometimes it just needs to be a belief and a power of the Holy Spirit that he's with me, that he's for me, that he's not against me. The power of the Holy Spirit is very practical. So I started this morning by saying if I was to hand out a piece of paper, and if you were to write on that paper, what is your need? I'd like to close with that thought. I'm not asking for a piece of paper. But I want to bring a practical application to this sermon. If you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in a greater measure, can you raise your hands? And I'm just going to look around. Okay, just about everybody. I'm just going to ask Vanessa to play this song. Olivia, could you come up as well? Could you sing it? And we're just going to close with this song. And what I'd like you to do is as this song is played, and you don't need to on the overhead, I just want the musicians and Olivia to, to sing it. Well, just do it from the piano if you could. There's a There's a there's a presence of the Holy Spirit here right now. So if you need something, you can stay where you are, that's fine. You can come forward, that's fine. You can stand, that's fine. But what I would like to ask you to do is be in a posture to receive. And I would suggest to you, and I would just ask you, that posture is just to be open. And, and practically, physically speaking, that's just opening your hands. Don't, body language, don't, don't tell the Holy Spirit no. Say, I need you. And if you want to come forward, that's fine. If you want to stay where you are, that's fine. But as this song is sung, I believe the Holy Spirit's here. And he wants to give you, and he wants to clothe you, and he wants to fall on you in a greater way. So I just want to sing this song. I want the musicians just to sing it once, and then we'll just have a time of prayer, a closing prayer. Amen.